Hi, welcome to Human Touch, a podcast that celebrates human conversation, the way we experience each other. Today, again, we'll try to jumpstart great everyday conversation. My name is Matikos, and I'm your host. So let's go. Hi, this is episode number 58. It's been a while. I actually recorded an episode last week, but while editing, I decided that there is nowhere near good enough to be released. I know how important it is to publish regularly, but I value our time together. So here we are. We haven't talked about technology since like October, and I'm a tech geek. So let's geek out together. A couple of nights ago, I fell into a discussion, not by choice. It was a very heated discussion about Internet of Things, a.k.a. IoT. To be honest, I don't think any of the participants of discussion, myself included, had any kind of knowledge about this topic other than anecdotal. The gist is that one of my friends said he's very much against this branch or direction of technology, saying that having appliances do things for us is wrong, is a wrong idea. And he doesn't want to ever work being junior software developer in training. He doesn't want to ever work on a smart kitchen scale. I told him that I think that train has already left the station. And I'm pretty sure this course of network development is not something that is going to be reversed. Let's go back to that smart kitchen scale question later, because I wasn't sure I knew what IoT really is. And I decided I needed to find out more. Do you know what it is? If you don't, please listen carefully. And if you do, then please, all the more so, listen so you can tell me what I got wrong. Internet of Things is a network of internet-connected devices extended beyond things that we know are usually connected, like cell phones, computers, or tablets, and one that includes things that we think of as traditionally non-connected ones, or dumb devices, like lamps, electric appliances, cars, and yes, maybe even kitchen scales. When I, or maybe even you, think of smart or connected devices, we think of light bulbs. Light bulbs that you can switch off and on using our voice, or even preset in some kind of smart sequence. Yes, such light is a part of Internet of Things, but this network is so much more. So maybe let's call it a network of physical things that can talk to each other, that can send, receive, and possibly act on the data they handle. In an old but really good tech talk about IoT, Dr. Barrett describes a chair becoming a smart chair. First, it would need an ID like a serial number or name to be an address within the network. And it also needs ability to locate itself via GPS or any other location service like mobile network. 
It needs built-in sensors to contribute to the network. For example, a pressure sensor to tell whether anyone is sitting on it. And another one that will tell me who's sitting on the chair. And it'll do it by scanning ID via radio off the smartphone or a smartwatch or any other smart wearable that a person that sits on the chair will have it on them. Then the chair needs some kind of connectivity like Wi-Fi or Bluetooth in order to connect to the network and share the data it has collected. Not sure what such a smart chair could do, but for the sake of example, let's say it's a folding chair and it's Proximity sensor opens the chair up anytime someone comes close to close enough. But from what I understand, the automation or at least immediate automation, as with the folding chair in our example, is not the biggest gain of Internet of Things. But rather it's the big data. Big data is massive amount of information that can be analyzed. How big is the big data? It's way bigger than you can or bigger than I can imagine. Even now, when we are in a very nascent stage of Internet of Things, and most of data comes from smartphones, computers, we collectively produce two and a half quintillion of bytes every single day. To simplify, it's a one billion of gigabytes. My iPhone has a storage of 64 gigabytes. So every single week, globally, we produce data that would be enough to fill completely over 100 million of my iPhones. It's just a ridiculous amount of data. And we have all this kind of information, the big data. And once we connect all these dumb physical devices, the amount of data will explode. It's unimaginable. Big data analytics can do three things or has three characteristics. It is descriptive, it is predictive, and it is prescriptive. Because of its sheer size, it knows very well what is happening, what most possibly can happen next, and what should we do to get the best available outcome? Ben Thompson of the Exponent podcast has this cool example. Let's take the world's top oncologist. What makes him so good is that he has seen so, so many scans that he's quickly able to see and tell you what is there. Now imagine... If you feed super powerful computer with all the scans that are digitally available anywhere with all its historical data, that can surpass experience of any human doctor. Benefits obviously are not limited just to healthcare, though there are already some great gains big data created in the field of medicine. And that's way, way before anything close to majority of people is connected to the network through variety of sensors. Now imagine when machines, appliances, buildings, soil, plants, and animals also get connected to the network. How much more we can learn, predict, and therefore make informed decisions 
taking guesswork out of equations whenever it matters, like when and how much water to put in our garden or in our field to get best crops with optimized nutrition, how to build better and safer homes and use energy only when needed, or maybe even how not to get stuck in the traffic. Mm, okay, maybe that's already a fantasy. That, that will probably never happen. But we like to think of ourselves as unique and maybe unpredictable. And at times we are, but a lot of times we're not. And from those times, there is so much that we can benefit when analyzed in aggregate. You know, when you search for something specific on Google and you don't remember the name and you don't even know how to exactly describe and yet the top search result is exactly what you are looking for. This is what I'm talking about, but way beyond the search and all kinds of life situations, important life situations. Okay, so that sounds very promising. Now, what is the downside? In no particular order. Privacy. There are things we don't want to share. And we have a right to decide what we do and what we don't want. And even if we are only sharing it with a cloud, meaning some remote computer, the leaks of data happen way too often. And things you hope to remain private are now possibly public. Next, cybersecurity. The world has been full of predators from the dawn of mankind. But now, if we keep all this information remotely, the thieves don't even have to break into our houses to steal something valuable from us. Data trafficking is one of the top revenue generating crimes in the world today. And next, ethics. Data is the new oil. As one Dutch technologist put it, data may be worth a lot of money, but it has no values. Values are human thing. So when we design technology, we must embed our values and ethics in that technology. There is a pyramid that is used in uh, information science. At the bottom, it has a data from which using data mining, we can extract information, which goes on the top of the data. Then higher, it can produce tremendous knowledge. So knowledge is goes on the top of that. But on the very top of the pyramid is wisdom. That wisdom is a product of humans working together. So yeah, we are on the cusp of things in technology getting even more interesting. And yet again, this is opportunity for us to exercise, to grow, and to apply our human factor, our humanity. So now let's go back to my friend who opposes smart appliances as he worries it will lead to certain muscle and intellectual atrophy. I actually can appreciate his worries. And I was thinking, yes, if I can operate my light switch with, the, with voice, or even more, have a computer predict my usage, that will save me, save us time, especially in aggregate. But 
what are we going to use this newly acquired time for? More Netflix? More Facebook? Honestly, what have we done with time that internet technology has saved us so far? What do you think? Let me know. Get in touch on Twitter at Human or write us on our Facebook page at Human Touch Podcast. You can also send the email to humantouchpodcast at icloud.com. Remember to leave this podcast rating and review. This really helps in getting the word out about this podcast. And also, share, whether you like it or not, share it with your friends. Sharing is caring. I hope you care, and I hope to talk to you very soon. All the best. Bye. Bye.